multiple times. A sense of belonging in a company actually increases job performance by 56%. It's like a lot of times all of that 3D data is there. They've done the work. They've done the engineering. They've done the slopes. They've done all the 3D polylines are already in their file. There's just a huge disconnect between what they do and the builders right now. 13,000 available unfilled construction jobs in this country, 11 million available unfilled jobs overall in this country. One of the great culture things I see in construction is people just get it done. At the end of the day, we've built 100% of the building. There's no 80-20 rule. Think of the technology that has been that has been brought into existence in the last 60 years, and you think of the productivity gains that have, say, occurred in agriculture, which is up 1,750%. Our manufacturing, which is up 400%, and construction is flat to negative. This was always supposed to just be a six-episode mini-series. <laughs> Stacey, I want to remind you of that. Good morning. It's morning huddle time. Uh, Stacy Holzinger uh, and Chad Prinky back as usual uh, to uh, to bring, I guess, Stacy. is this season four or five? Hi. My yeah. God. We're on a fifth season of this thing. Yep, fifty-first episode. So let's go. All right. Yeah. So uh, what have you been up to during our break here? I haven't really got a chance to talk to you. So that's true. <laughs> we, we we talked like two weeks ago. Like, hey, are we ready for this huddle thing? Yeah. Um. So, uh, what have I been up to, Stacy? I have been. Uh, probably number one, I've been working a lot, uh, and and I've you know uh, as you know my business is uh, about the same age as yours, maybe a little, maybe a few months older, uh, or something like that. But you know here uh, we're in our in our uh, we're coming up on our third year um, anniversary, so two I guess two and a half years in, and um, we're up to five employees, uh, just hired uh, somebody, uh, just started yesterday, at a, a, a somebody that I've developed a relationship with over the past year, two years, almost, um, uh, been a active huddle, uh, viewer and participant even in the past, uh, his name is Matt Verderamo. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, so he joins our, our growing team. And, uh, and I guess on top of that, I did fit in a, a really fun, uh, family vacation this summer where we 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 went to New England for the first time. I I had never oh. been to the Northeast, so nice. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. How about you, Stacy? What have you been up to since the break? Um, personally, just any outdoor activity you can possibly think of: fishing, boating, kayaking. I got a new sup board, so I've been using that. And then um, yesterday, I was at. Um, Thomas Edison School of Technology with Camp Newick, so National Women in Construction. This is their second year. Um, Newick has national chapters, but this is DC's second year where they're running this free girls construction camp. So uh, Coakley Williams, Williams came yesterday, did a bid tour or a bid de demonstration. Then we had a tool demonstration and I helped the girls make picnic tables and I'll be back there on Thursday. I know they need volunteers. So if anyone's in the DMV area, that would be awesome if you could come help us out. But uh, the parents were just super impressed. Um, love talking to them. They you know, the whole thing's free for these kids and their turnout this year, they had 85 girls register um, and they actually had to turn some of these girls away 
um, just because we didn't have, we weren't expecting that big of a turnout. Oh so we have 35 that are participating. So it's going to be a fun week. And I think um, Jennifer Sproul in Baltimore area is also running their Camp Newa because I've been seeing pictures and stuff. So it's a great program. It, it sounds like it. I, I, um, I, every time I hear about the types of um, ideas that NAWIC is um, running down, I'm, I'm impressed with the um, engagement, you know, the, the, that they really have, I think, on following through with their mission. So awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so, so, you know, St- Stacy, you and I, I got, I got some feedback from a friend uh, and, and audience member, uh, this past, uh, off season, if you will. And, uh, he, uh, he said to me, he said, you know, Chad, um, I think a lot of people who, uh, watch and listen to the huddle think that the huddle is your and Stacy's full-time job. (laughs) And And I was like, oh, wow, uh, that's a good, so, so I thought it might, what he thought, and, and I, and I happen to agree that it might make sense to take. Uh, 30 seconds each, if you will, and and kind of describe to the audience who we are and what we do uh, so that they have a little bit of background. And um, uh, I, I know you hate being put on the spot, so I'll go first and give you 30 <laughs> seconds to, to get your, I know, I, you're expecting it-ish, right? But it, it never changes the fact that when it shows up, it's scary. So uh, I run, uh, I'm the founder of Well-Built Construction Consulting. We are a team of people dedicated to helping to build better project teams and better construction companies through driving positive change. We, we build and execute strategic business plans that help companies to go from where they are to where they're trying to go. Uh, we help with a, a host of skill development and process development and leadership development uh, and things like that along the way that help the organizations to achieve their goals. And we also help project teams with team building um, and, and collaboration to create uh, overall healthier environments to reduce stress, create better project outcomes, and, uh, and, and I think overall make the construction industry a better place to work. So that's what we do. Uh, as I mentioned before, we're a team of six people and growing, and, uh, and that is our business. Stacy, what is it that you do? Yeah, so I own Steel Toe Communications and I'm a marketing consultant. So I work from anywhere from startup contractors getting their business off the ground um, to my niche is 100 uh, employees or less, but I definitely work with, you know, larger companies. Um, I help them with various marketing activities. So if you don't have the means to hire a full-time marketing professional, but you need help with photography, your website, uh, brochures for an upcoming expo, um, social media management, um, applying for awards or the STEP award for safety, any of those activities that maybe one-offs that you just need some assistance with because you your time and resources are limited. That's what I help contractors with and <clears throat> commercial contractors usually. Awesome. All right. And we will go about reminding people of that periodically so that we don't have people wondering as they as they have been. Um, uh, so uh, let's shift gears. We've got Nitin with us. Uh, Nitin is joining us. Nitin Govilla, correct? 
Yes, absolutely. Yeah. He is joining us today from Singapore. So this morning when, when I, uh, I, you know, we first jumped on, I said, good morning. He was like, yeah, good night. I'm like, all right. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, Nitin is getting ready for the end of his day, just as we get rolling at the start of ours. But you know what? In this world, uh, we're all, uh, people are listening and watching at their own pace oh, anyway. Cool. So, so it absolutely. could be any time of day. Um, but thank you so much for, for joining us. Uh, Nitin is joining us from uh, a company called Surge Ferraris. Uh, and, and he is the head of uh, sales and marketing for that organization uh, that does um, uh, textile manufacturing. And they, they're into, in the construction space, pulling their materials into all kinds of construction products. And Nitin's joining us to talk about some of the advancements in, in construction product technology uh, from a sustainability and cost effectiveness standpoint. Uh, and so I'm, I'm looking forward to getting some education on that front. But before we do, Nitin, if you would just give us a little bit of context on you, a little bit about your story, your background, um, uh, for our audience. So first of all, thank you, Chad, and thank you, Stacy, for having me over. Um, I was looking forward to it. I mean, it's um, it's an interesting type of conversation you have, and and in fact, I'm not surprised, as you said, that people think that's a full-time job because the kind of energy you people put in into that, I'm sure everybody can feel that, you know, that uh, there's a lot of effort going on, and they feel that obviously at the back end, there's uh, some uh, good amount of work which is going on. So um, I work for a French company called Search Ferrari, as you rightly said. Um, um, I've been working for them for seven years. It's a French company headquartered very close to Lyon, a very small town, very close to Lyon, the second largest city in, in France. Um, it is a world leader in composite materials. So when we say composite materials in a layman language, I can say it's technical fabrics, uh, both for interior and exterior applications. Um, so I manage, I have two hats actually, I manage on the business side, one part of the world which covers Asia Pacific, Middle East and Africa. So uh, everything related to business, uh, PNL management, all decisions related to those, uh, those part of the world. And on the other side, we out of the four strategic markets, I manage uh, two globally on sales and marketing, the two strategic markets out of the four. So that's, that's my role. I've been based in Singapore for the last 15 years. So it's always been my forte related to the region, uh, working with uh, building material companies. And um, and just quickly, I mean, um, you mentioned about uh, applications. So obviously we'll talk about that. So um, the fact that we have both uh, products for interior and exterior, so that means we are the only company which is transversal in terms of multiple applications. And obviously we'll talk about that later, but in a, Quick way, um, a fabric, technical fabric could be a blind in your house, could be an awning in your patio, uh, could be a, a car park shade uh, close by, could be even a mall with a, with a white color conical roof, um, or could be a big stadium or an airport, which you see that. So just to uh, set the context so that people can understand what it means when we talk about um, uh, technical fabrics, or could be an event tent for a marriage or a, for a conference or even a match which is going on, you know, outside tents which are being put up. So, so that's that's the kind of fabric here we are talking about. Okay, got it. So, um, 
and, and, and the term that you used is technical textiles. Is that right? Yes. yes Which yes, is fun yes. to say. I'll, I'll, I'll notably fun to say technical textiles. Um, and and so uh, we've got some of I, I guess in my mind the more traditional applications when I think about uh, uh, you know textile usage in um, in construction applications. What you're talking about, you know, large tents. You know, things like that. Yeah, okay. I understand that. That's, you know, um, quasi-temporary structures that we're yeah. putting up for events and, and things like that. Um, but are, are we actually seeing the integration of technical textiles into uh, more traditional construction, you know, heavier construction materials? Are you seeing uh, that integration? And, and if you would kind of describe how that works. Yes, in fact, um, the answer is yes, uh, and it's not only recent, it's been happening for many years. Obviously, it depends on the maturity of the country and their awareness about it. So, you know, I always say a certain country comes on the world map with a certain iconic structure, you know, it's like the postcard of that country. So either most of the times, either it's an airport or an iconic building or sometimes a stadium. Now, more and more, if you see the last many World Cups or, or Olympics or local games, you see those stadiums which have been built with the colored fabrics, with either the roof uh, done with different fabrics, transparent ones and translucent white color ones. So those obviously have been understood to be a permanent structure because nobody builds a stadium for two years replacement or five years replacement. They are looking at a time frame of 15, 20, 25, 30 years. Uh, the structure which you see behind as a background uh, of my image, it's actually a world's largest meditation hall, which was built just three years back in India uh, with a capacity to sit nearly 100,000 people. So it's also a permanent structure, uh, which is uh, specific domes, but in and inside it's an acoustic fabric and it's a, just an open structure. There's no pillars in between, you know, just an open area where you can sit and meditate uh, together. And, um, and uh, there are many more iconic structures uh, one comes to i mean if you remember the recent world cup in qatar uh, seven stadiums i mean five out of seven have been done by membranes and actually i'm proud to say they've been done by our company's fabrics and one actually was in the shape of a bedouin tent like a middle east tent both outside inside so the whole stadium was done with fabrics with a capacity of 80000 seating capacity so so it has been there for sure, um, it's the maturity of a country or a market. Recently in China, in the last two years, we've done nearly seven stadiums. Uh, in India, we do uh, two or three stadiums every year anyway. You know, So it's also sometimes more in developing or the upcoming economies. Uh, whereas in US, maybe it depends, okay, how many stadiums are built, depending on an event or not, or how many are getting renovated. So so it, it, it depends. You, know, you may not hear sometimes in certain countries because there are not so many structures to do. Like Paris Olympics, which is happening next year, the whole context of them winning the Olympics was that they will use the existing ones uh, because of the environment or sustainability. They don't want to build some new ones. They want to use the existing ones. So in that sense, obviously, some new structures will not come. But definitely this uh, fabric uh, has been treated as the fifth element uh, uh, and gets classified into a permanent um, um, structure element obviously the technical aspect of it varies depending on the type of structure you have to make and that's where 
knowledge of a software knowledge of the technicality of it how you design how you fulfill the building parameters the wind loads the rain loads uh, all the safety elements you put in so all that comes as a technical element of it when you are doing structures like this on the other side when you are making a furniture or a blind it's a very simple thing there's not too much technicality in that right right yeah so 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 um what are what's the status quo what yeah. what it, you know it, clearly this as you say this has been happening and as you start to describe and maybe it's just the part you know your own expertise in the part of the world that you're operating but um it seems to me that maybe this has broader applications recently um in in you know maybe in the middle east maybe in um asia you know the 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 places that you know in india well which is asia right but, but you know so uh when we think about uh maybe the status quo in europe or in 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 north america uh what are people doing instead of technical textiles um it's a good question so i would answer in this way like as i said because structures in us and uh, europe have been built in the past so normally in fact every year we will see actually a big structure or two getting replaced because it's reaching its end of life right sure. 25 years just recently last year we did a stadium in germany one more we are doing this year because they want to replace it it was 20 years done earlier so now they feel the time has come to maybe create a new design or replace it again with a with a fabric so so uh, this happens and it's happening in us also obviously um, it all depends on the uh, now when the time comes to replace then there are many elements as you know the local government regulations and other elements come and they keep on the budgetary factors come whether they want to do or not so so sometimes the element uh, the advantage of a fabric or a technical fabric is that you can do both you can do a new one you can do a replacement one now for sure classically who do we compete with it will be the classical you know you're building a stadium with concrete maybe you're building a stadium with steel maybe you're building a stadium with some other kind of transparent glass maybe for example you know those kinds of material they are always used in stadiums and they are still sometimes used either for budget reasons either for some other reasons um, because people like a design uh, but most of the times we see whenever a stadium comes membrane will be one element people will always consider because membrane is a free flowing element you know you you have the flexibility and the uh, the element of surprise with an architect or a designer can uh, put in and you know each one is looking for their I- iconic once in a lifetime defining uh, structure or image which is always connected to that architect or that architect firm so and that flexibility you will never get with any other material you will always get with membranes you can even envelop buildings more and more now buildings are being enveloped to make a full uh, building both even on the walls with membranes you know and uh, and they are not classified as um, as uh, temporary they are really as permanent um, structures also so so it's uh, it's again uh, part of the concept which people do think uh, but yes i mean it's a continuous knowledge which we also have to give to uh, uh, i mean the big firms will know 
at a smaller level you have to continuously talk about it be present in exhibitions conferences and do continuous education also with interaction with architects and designers what 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 do you find is the biggest uh hurdle to getting an architect to getting the design community bought in to um you know choosing this approach as opposed I think, to the more uh, traditional approach so i would say awareness definitely you know and um, and the thing is that um, what an architect needs initially is a support mechanism that when they are in that conceptual phase is somebody transforming their idea which is still here into something which can be depicted on paper it can be you know uh, uh, just a just a drawing it could be just a initial idea or different options of ideas now this is where sometimes people feel uh, that they are either lacking support because obviously we are also limited in the way we operate in that sense that we are there in every part of the world but we are not so many right as a as a company and as a business as as you just mentioned at the start so we have people there we try to provide that support but there are many times we may not even know that at the time when the architect had something uh, in in his or her mind uh were they able to get that support to transform it to an initial concept to a visible idea and then they start working uh, with with a technical company to convert that into understanding what it means the complexity of it the cost element of it the other elements now which are looked at you know uh, uh you know energy savings heat temperature all those elements which have also become more and more important you need that support at the very initial stage uh because okay big architect firms have everything they have different departments right. so they know what to do but when you go to the middle tier or the uh, or the smaller architect firms that's where the challenge comes because this kind of support they don't have in house now how organizations are able to provide that support and be go hand in hand from day one with them i think that's where i would say is the defining factor uh, to grow this market or uh, the market remains limited uh, going forward so um it, it, it i the way i'm translating that is is to mean that it's very difficult to incorporate into a design that which you don't fully understand yourself or that which you haven't that, that which you haven't learned about yet and so uh this goes back to your thought process of you got to you got to be out at conferences you got to be getting this information in front of people you got to be educating and creating a level of comfort and confidence so that they will start to uh incorporate this into their initial vision and i think that's probably true with every new construction material every it's at some point yeah. there people have to become comfortable with it they have to get they have to get comfortable with it and confident enough with it to know what the applications are and and to be, then to be able to incorporate that into their dream um and and it's a it's a very fair, fair point chat because um, what we see i was just in a conference of this industry in uh, france a couple of months back uh, what we see today is that if you see across the world if you pick up any engineering college across the world how many even offer tensile architecture as a as a degree forget the degree even as a elective or sometimes even as a subject of study very few offer that so you know in that sense 
it's very we cannot blame anyone if their lack of knowledge is there because as a stream of knowledge if somebody is taught at the third year of architecture or maybe as a course or a elective in in your engineering course uh, of civil engineering or industrial engineering or whatever that's where then you are already open and aware, aware of this concept so when you move forward these are the questions you are asking or you are actively looking for it so i think part of the problem or a bigger part of the problem starts there uh, having said that now when more and more things have been done over the years by default when they are working on big structures they generally would know maybe they'll type in google to say okay different stadiums maybe different airports or walkways or an amphitheater so when they look for that information they'll automatically see some structures right. made of membranes so that's where i would say the search mechanism is helping but what we are trying to do as a company is then we try to reach out to architecture universities or colleges to start even you know sometimes going for a guest lecture to trying to educate and just tell them what does tensile architecture mean what does technical textile or technical fabric uh, means you know so so this is i suppose this is a long drawn process obviously it's uh, it's becoming deeper and deeper and a lot of people are getting aware and aware of it but yes it's a it's a gradual um, uh, element here and if i may i just saw a question that somebody asked whether it's only related to vanity or legacy i would say that's one part of it i just mentioned it as a as an element that sometimes the flexibility the material offers but then there are many other elements of it lightweight translucency how do you manage the heat loads how do you manage the space utilization can you do multiple layers of roofing in a say a cold country or a hot country depending on what uv functionality you want you know so all those elements also play a very key role now we are doing lot of case studies compared to say metal roofing in terms of average co2 consumption per square meter or per kilogram and when you do cradle to cradle in terms of end to end analysis then we are able to show over a lifetime that between say a certain structure if it would have been done with the metal or alternative material visa is done with membrane what's your carbon footprint over a certain period of time so when you look at all those elements there are much more than just being a, a iconic thing and these are much more advantages also which are which are brought to the table and you know put forward and then we help uh, the the final client or the architect with all this data and analysis which can then they can also feed in into their design or expectations of the local uh, area or a country that's great that's great i i have a couple of um additional questions and i and, and yeah. amaz amazingly we're already coming up on time so i'm going to go kind of quick but um one one of the questions is are there we've talked a lot about um open air spaces and use as a membrane and and i think you know briefly you kind of commented on interior applications like yes. you know blinds and and, yes. and shades and things like yes. that right um uh on on a day-to-day -day basis yes for you know the majority of construction that's going on you know around the world which which i would wager to say is you know uh not on the scale of a stadium right True. um what are the most exciting products that that make an impact on you know uh sustainability on 
you know, quality on, you know, what are the, what are the products that, that you see emerging that we should be most excited about in, in, you know, our, our day-to-day kind of construction projects? So I'll answer this by segmenting it. So if I look on the commercial side of it, whether an office building or a commercial building, for sure, uh, blinds play a very key part. Now, there is an element of interior blinds, but then there's an element of exterior blinds. Hmm. Now, when you look at from the element of sustainability, energy consumption, you know, once the heat is inside the building, yes, the blind within the within the office, behind the uh, facade, whether it's glass or concrete, it does help. But if there was an option to have an exterior blind, where even before the heat hitting the concrete or the glass, you can block it and, uh, you know, reflect it back. So this is one element which is catching up. Obviously, in Europe, exterior blinds are very key and play a very key part. I think it's not so much yet in US. It's also not so much in certain parts of Asia also. But this, but uh, if you go to Australia, it's a very key element of any house and uh, and even uh, to some extent commercial buildings. So that's one element of it. Now, nice. in commercial buildings, there is another element what we call is fabric facades or facade mesh. These are f- mesh material. But and they have the capability to block 85% of your thermal uh, uh, element. So the amount of uh, advantage they can bring to a building in energy saving is amazing. Now, what it does is it still does not block the view. It, it can you can enhance the aesthetics of the building. You can renovate it without tearing down the building. You can envelop it. You can have three dimensional shapes. You can print on it. So so these are you know you can just like a you're changing the clothes of a building, if I may say so, in a very uh, a very simple way. But this is what you can do with facade. So this is a trend which we are really pushing on and we yeah. participate in around 10 to 12 facade conferences across the year. Now, if you go on the residential side, it's mostly blinds, I would say. Yeah. Because more and more people are becoming aware how they manage the energy. And, you know, you have now softwares also which connect all the elements of home, including lighting, in, including sun shading. And this is where having a good fabric which works well with an automation system and can be connected with the home automation controls can play a very key role how you bring in efficiency uh, in your in your homes also. So so these are a few things which we now see at least at a smaller level uh, being looked at and being asked for. So so that's great. I mean, I, and and uh, I asked what was exciting, and now I'm excited. So that's good stuff. I, I, that's <laughs> I, got, I got kind of fired up as you were talking about. It. So so uh, follow on question of that, or I guess yes. I don't know, comment slash question. You, we we've talked about what it takes to get architects and engineer you, to get the design community um, specifying this product, but really that's one half of, of, or maybe 60% of an equation when it comes to getting this to be successful. There's another half of this equation that really does revolve around, you know, capable, qualified contractors to install this material. And if, and if the, if the, uh, architecture, if the design community doesn't have confidence in the ability to install, uh, the product, if there, if there is, it's, it's, you know, you have to you have to have the people who who actually know how to do this. So so I guess um, talk a little bit about the contractors that that would do this work. What are their trades? Are they are they roofing contractors? Are they you know like give, give me the and and I'm and I'm gonna again focus on the day to day material stuff. Let's okay. not let's not talk stadiums for a minute. So um, so in our yeah so yeah talk about business, who they are yeah. and then how they get good at this. Where do they learn about it? 
so in our business generally the word contractor we use it a bit differently uh, the contractors would be the ones who have been given the full charge of the project and then within that project they will have different elements to complete so so, so if, i'm talking if, about the i'm going to talk if it's just to simplify this thank you in in um this application i want to assume that it's like the majority of commercial construction or or non single family home residential yes. know, construction that happens in the United States, which is um, performed in the field by the trade contractor, the the specialty contractor community. So I'm not talking about the big general contractor right now. I'm talking about the the trade yes. contractors that are actually going to so, do this install. So we call them in our business as either the installer applicator or a fabricator uh, the reason being that um, so in fact that's also very interesting if you're looking at blinds you will go to a blind manufacturer or a blind installer so if you're going to an for an awning you go to a guy who makes the awning it could be a neighborhood mom and pop store who just cuts the fabric he has the awning systems and he will come and install at your home now if you're looking say for example a car park shade or even a small facade or a shading there uh, you need a company which has the uh, the technical software first of all and they have the capability to cut and weld the fabric and even do the uh, bit of steel work because when you have those kinds of structures you need to little bit do a steel work which is even for a small car park and then that guy will come and install everything uh, at your place which could be residential or it could be a smaller level of uh, commercial part so so depending on that it's uh, done it in furniture it could be a furniture manufacturer who would do would come and make the whatever you're looking for whether a sofa or a chair and then obviously deliver it to your uh, to your restaurant or a home or whatever so depending on the kind of application the the intermediate company which you call as contractors varies in terms of the profile in terms of the skill set and the technology involved absolutely yep and 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 when it comes to uh the the uh, I'll, I'll call it you know you the the clothes of the building that that's yes. probably the thing that got my, that's that's really stuck in my mind um what uh trade is most likely to do that work is that is that a yeah i'll just i'll leave so it there. so it's it's a, it's a there there it's a technical uh company which we call as fabricators because they need to have the software you have to understand the design load the wind loads all those elements uh which are technical there's a software which is not so cheap you need to be trained how to use it then you work with that that software transfers the the kind of the cutting pattern and all those things so you have a cutting table where the fabric will be rolled flat and then you cut based on the design which comes from the software then you have a welding machine and finally either they will ask an outside company to do steel work or they will do themselves and then come with the fabric to the site you will install it and then tension it uh, so yep. whether it's it's a facade or whatever so those are technical companies and actually you have your question is very correct the growth of the market sometimes is limited or growing fast depending how many companies or people enter into this business yep basically because and generally what we have seen is which is a strange part in this industry a lot of people who have been employees of a big company in the past they kind of go out and create their own company and and this is also the way this uh, this channel or this uh, you know the the fabricator or the installer network has grown but but this is very key element 
we it's not like any roofing material like shingles or a roofing sheet that you just go to a distributor he just knows a couple of installers who know that even in their sleep they can install a roof because it's so easy they've been doing for decades and generations so right. uh, it's not like a classical the material comes the fabric comes in rolls i can give it to anybody and anybody can install it will never work like that yeah yeah yeah, yeah that's that's you know not surprising but but nonetheless yeah i can understand it's a real it's a it's a potentially limiting factor um you know what stacy i i uh nitin has been answering questions from the audience like as he's rolling through but i want to i want to uh he's like he's clearly a pro um <laughs> but um uh, Stacy, do, do what what questions do you want to uh, tack on before we? Before the only we thing that came up while you guys were talking, because you were talking about trying to find like which trade does what, and you were talking about um, outdoor shading on a building. What yes. is that? I know some glazing contractors. That's some of their role because they hire these steel fabricators. Kind of what you were talking about. So that's the only thing. I wanted to add that a glazing contractor could be responsible for the facade of the building. So. Yeah. So, so the yeah. So the, the tricky part with membranes is that membranes generally, uh, or the fabric facades will never be the first skin. So the glazing guys, whether the glass glazing or or the standard um, uh, you know facade material like an aluca bond or whatever, that will always be the first skin. So in that sense, those kind of guys. They, they will not be able to do a fabric facade, which is at with a certain air gap from the main facade. For that, you need to know what's the load on the building, what kind of framing you have to take, whether steel or aluminum framing, mm -hmm. how do you integrate the fabric and how do you design it? So again, the technical element can come. They can help grow the modular facade market, right? I can integrate, say, in a set uh, two by two or three by three frames, as, as simple frames and then they can just install it yes that's a that's in fact uh, what you touched upon is something which we are trying to do to grow this market but it's still a long way because the guys who are so happy doing glazing it's so easy they can do multiple things now in this case kind of thing they still have to be dependent on another intermediate who will integrate the fabric and the frames and then they get it and then they find a way to install it or sell it so so you know there's a lot of elements get added in the chain yeah. well i i i uh that makes a lot of sense that um what it's it's well first off i have to say that um i promise that glazing is not easy but i know that's not what you meant i know that's no. not <laughs> but um, uh but but i but i also um, I think that here's here's the environment, at least uh, speaking about the uh, about the U.S., is the likelihood that you get a company to start at ground zero to come into the market and effectively start installing the products that you guys are uh, you know involved in 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 manufacturing is uh, very low. 
What's much more likely is that you have well-established contractors who decide to open a division, right? Because yes. they they know they they understand construction and it's sort of applicable too. So I, I like where your head is there, Stacy, as you're thinking about like who are the contractors that this makes the most natural sense to okay. bolt on. Okay. It's 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 glazing contractors, maybe it's masonry contractors, maybe it's steel, you know, uh, erectors, steel erectors, maybe it's. Um, you know, roofing contractors, the, the people for whom these are, you know, could be drywall contractors. They want to own the entire envelope. You Absolutely. Know, maybe maybe Absolutely. that's, a, you know, a part of it. So um, it's a very, uh, uh, you're not, obviously not just the envelope, right? But then the skin and, and, and the facade. Sure. But anyway, um, sure. uh, there's there's a lot of really interesting uh, uh, paths forward. And, and a lot of our audience knitting fits into that designer and constructor you know, mm-hmm. category. So as we're talking about this, um, maybe we've sparked some ideas for folks to, to, uh, to, you know, to, to, to try to explore and, and learn more. If they did want to learn more, if they wanted to get, you know, uh, ex- explore more what you're talking about, where would you direct them? Yeah. So um, maybe I'll just um, kind of cover one question, which Tom is asking about energy codes. Um, mm-hmm. um, what I would like to say here is that, yes, um, we, when we are working with the designers and the designers, they have their own now energy consultants or energy uh, uh, consultants who help them when they're working on a building. So we are able to provide whatever they need in terms of product data or full material submittal, which also says we may have a green guard certificate. We may have other certification yeah. to talk about that because when they are making a building, they have to integrate many elements. So being one of the materials, we are able to provide all the elements which can fit into their overall codes. And there sometimes we are also able to support in the design of the right kind of material because they may say they want a certain U value which should be below this. They want a thermal value which would be below this. So then we we come back to them to say, if you use this material or this kind of fabric, this is what you can get. And then they put it, their energy consultant would put all the elements from different materials and come up with the energy requirement of that building. So this is one way it supports, and membrane really play a very positive role, generally compared to uh, other uh, other materials. Now, coming back to your point, Chad, yes, I mean, uh, if they want to know, I mean, obviously it's classically our website, which is www.searchferrari.com, where you will see all the information on different kinds of material. But then if they want to know a little bit deeper, then obviously uh, they can write to me through you, or they can write to me at nitin.govilla at searchferrari.com and I can then provide them more technical information or presentation related to one element. Like we have something which is specifically devoted for acoustics. We have something which is specifically devoted to facades. Then similarly for how do you manage the solar element of a building through interior and exterior screens. So similarly for, um, uh, for, uh, for you know, the exterior building. So all that uh, we can always uh, provide that and support and we have people locally in every country they can obviously come and meet uh, you or anyone and then depending on the information then we can uh, good provide good support from our product management which is based out of france uh, if it goes to another level and through our r d and everything uh, so we we'll, we have a lot of experience in that to work together or you know even guide play a role of a guide or or a kind of a consultant uh, if they're looking for some you know, guidance or, uh, or advice on, uh, on certain things. Nice. Thank you. That's great. Uh, and, and as I say, hopefully you've sparked some 
some interest. Uh, so, uh, for those of us who are listening, for those who are listening instead of viewing, because I just popped the uh, name across the bottom of the screen. But if you're listening, Serge Ferrari is S E R G E. Ferrari like the car.com surge Ferrari.com. Um, thank you so much, Nitin. Uh, uh, we really appreciate your joining today. Learned a lot, yeah. uh, excited about, uh, the future of what, uh, technical textiles, uh, can bring, uh, to the industry. So, uh, thanks Stacy. Anything before, before we let, uh, Nitin go? No, thanks. It was so nice to meet you and have a great, Rest of your day. Night. Thanks it's a lot. Night, night, night. That's yeah. what I'm and, <laughs> and I hope, Chad, I have not given you a tongue, a good tongue twister, actually. Uh, but uh, uh, in terms of technical textiles. But yes, thanks a lot uh, for having me over, Chad and Stacy. And I really enjoyed this conversation. And if uh, it can be useful for anyone, um, I'll be really more than happy to support or, uh, you know, be ready for them for if any questions they may have. That's thanks. Great. We appreciate it. Appreciate and it. Have, right. a, have a great day. Yeah. You too. Thank you. Stacy, let's button this thing up and talk a little bit about next week. I I, I forgot how much energy this gives me and I and I missed it uh, in my life. I really love uh, getting to know new people and talking to them about uh, what they're passionate about and and when uh, and when they really know their stuff like like uh, today's guest it um, it does get me fired up. So uh, I, I thank you again for um, you know, uh, setting up our, our guest list. Uh, yeah, we, always sure. have we have such an incredible season. So, um, let's just run down who we have for August. Yeah. Um, you're joining us. I'm interviewing you, which I'm not, wait. I'm going to be a guest. I'm not the best interviewer, but we'll see how that goes. Between you and Tom, you'll do great. Um, and yeah. let's be honest, like yep. I, I, you could just pretty much pull a string and I start talking, right? So yeah, that's <laughs> you'll be an easy guest. Yeah, but you'll be talking about how to lead change in an organization, which is a great topic for you. And I've seen you speak, and incredible speaker. Um, so that's next week. And then we have, uh, Scott Pepper talking about cash flow, unique cycles of cash flow, followed by, we're talking to another overseas. I have been talking to, I don't want to mispronounce his name, Stefan. Um, that's it. He's been really keeping up with AI. I've been talking to him for months now. He, um, all different from specs to design. It's really, really interesting. So definitely. Yeah, this is this is a guy who's literally like made it his unofficial job to just follow yeah. literally every AI development and construction. And he's and he's just had thousands and th hundreds of thousands of people follow him and and uh, and engage with what he's doing because he's he's committing so much of his own time and energy to it. Uh, yes. I think we're very lucky to have him on. Yeah, somebody has to keep up with this stuff. So yeah, no doubt. Um, and then finally, we're talking about PP designed for women. We've touched on this before, but we're talking more about the clothing, I think, this time. And if you tune in for this one, you get 20% off. So if you have any woman in your organization that and you need PPE, definitely tune in. That's the last episode of August. So you'll get 20% off for that episode. Awesome. All right, cool. Yeah. So that's August, and uh, and and we'll also be uh, loaded through October and November, and we do have all of our guests um, uh, nailed down, and um, 
you know, are, are excited for what's to come. So thank you so much. Uh, we'll see everyone next week, 9 a.m. Eastern, live on LinkedIn and or YouTube. Uh, and if you aren't able to catch it live, please, as always, uh, jump on to uh, YouTube, watch that recording, LinkedIn, watch that recording, or uh, what, what has fast become our most popular consumption uh, uh, way to take in the show is on uh, Apple or Spotify podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Have a great one. I'll see you next week. Thanks, Stacey. See ya. See ya.